Hello and welcome back to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Organisations and individuals are on the front line of cyber attacks. Bank of Ireland's head of tech, media and telecoms, Paul Swift, talks about the sharp increase in fraud attempts on the Irish population and what we need to do around skills and training to fight back. I'm joined today by Paul Swift, Head of Technology Sector at Bank of Ireland. Recent research by leading cyber psychologist Mary Aiken and Bank of Ireland focused on the sharp increase in fraud attempts in the Irish population. Is it fair to say that all individuals are now on the front line when it comes to cyber security? Oh yeah, I think so, John. Um, I think first off, I think the data that came out of that survey was quite alarming. You look at kind of the numbers, you know, I think it was like something like 68% of people now are stressed about kind of being, being you know, a, a target of kind of, of online fraudsters. So 68% is a huge number. And then if you look at the numbers of people who actually would be, we say actually were, I says, say targeted with either a text or an email or a call uh, over uh, the last year, it was actually at 61% of those surveyed. That was up from 55% the previous year. And then if you look then the other data showed there was actually 74% of, uh, of people who are surveyed were also talking about that they're, they all, they kind of, I would just say the way I put it, they regularly consider kind of fraud when they're online, you know, in terms of the, you know, the threat of it. So in terms of worried about it when they're doing, I suppose, doing transactions or whatever the case may be, you know, worried about it. Like, this, you know, 78%, like this, or 74%, I should say. Um, I think that's a huge number. And I think, look, We've all been targeted, John. As late as this morning, myself, I've actually been targeted. Me too. Me too. I got, I got a call. I got a call this morning. Uh, first thing was some recorded voice at the other end saying something about the social department, social protection, and I, I then go like, this, this really is disconcerting. I, I always think of people who might be older than me, uh, who, who aren't familiar with all of these things, and 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 really, every individual really is on the front line. That John, that's exactly it. I mean, when I got the call this morning, the guy actually obviously from my voice and I said, Paul, and he was purporting to be from IBM saying, you know, there was an issue kind of we say, you know, I should need to call about something that was an IT issue. And straight away, I knew the stuff that he had said was fraudulent anyway, I was wrong or incorrect. So I knew straight away. But like similarly, I've, you know, I've gotten text kind of earlier in the year. I've also gotten emails, obviously, you know, the key thing really when you're when emails come into you as well, you know, and and, and the, the other part of it, John, that I, I kind of find that again, coming back to kind of people who wouldn't be familiar, or wouldn't be almost alert to it, is, is you'll often see the tone of the text or the email you get is quite kind of nearly confrontational. It's almost like creating, you know, almost demanding that you need to act now and mm-hmm. this urgency. And I've seen it, there was an, even an email uh, came into me and it was like, basically you were saying there's something that you've kind of, you've, there was an issue about your email or it like could have been, you know, uh, like a phishing email or something you responded to, like almost coming from the IT department. And I went, no, it isn't. I wouldn't have done that. And straight away, and this, I was actually saw it on my phone. And when I got back to my desktop, then I looked at it and I went, you know, it was a phishing thing. But the point is, people who, if they're on the move, can potentially kind of answer stuff like that. And I think that's the danger. It's, 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 it really is, we're all, I mean, like, to come back to your question, we're all in the front line, really. And it's about kind of being, if it's kind of, if, you, if you're not expecting something, you know, to hear from a certain company or otherwise, you know, you need to have that certain almost scepticism, you know, built in into your DNA now to say, hang on a second. And like that, we hear it on the radio, you know, in terms of our different people talking about it, like ring the bank or ring directly and then asking rather than kind of giving any details over over email or text or otherwise. And again, or not to be clicking on, on, on um, you know, unsolicited emails as well. So it's, but it is, yeah, we're all in the front. Because that's, that's the thing. I mean, when you think about it, like, the um like when I used to say to people, you know, the bank 
will never ring you up or contact you looking for information it should already have. But then again, as you point out, the social engineering aspect of it, these messages can be very convincing and confrontational. They, they, they'll, they'll, they'll inspire an action. Now, the recent ransomware attack on the HSE could be, could be just the tip of the iceberg. And there are many um, extortion attempts that we'd probably never hear about because firms obviously for, you know fear reputational damage. What advice do you have for businesses and, and how closely aligned are training and technology in the fight against cybercrime? Oh God, it was a good few questions there. I suppose, first off, I think in terms of actually, the, like if you look at the HSE thing, I think really, you know, there's probably other, there's been other issues or other other incidents of it that haven't come to light. And uh, sadly, mm-hmm. uh, for business or otherwise, reputation-wise, they probably couldn't go public or feel that they couldn't go public on it. Um, I mean, you look at, you know, uh, the National College of Ireland came, went public on being, uh, essentially being a victim, as did Technology University Dublin as well. And they made it public. I think in some ways, I thought it was good that they did come out with it because it actually showed that even you know these are kind of you know colleges so if you think of quite robust systems and etc but it can I suppose the, the key here is it can happen to anybody mm-hmm. um, so I suppose the, the advice really um, without completely scaremongering I think you need to really have that kind of vigilance um, hypervisions maybe is too strong but I do certainly I think it, it's very much from a business not only from as we spoke earlier but you know ourselves as individuals but I think from a business point of view, and we see it in the bank, to be fair, the bank has very good systems in place. We're constantly doing training, updating and renewing it to ensure that we're aware and alert to kind of, you know, be it information issue, uh, you know, in terms of threats or in terms of phishing, et cetera, et cetera. So I think there's a number of things. I think the business itself has to really kind of buy into it and be, you know, uh, almost adopt a philosophy about it. So a very kind of proactive approach to, to kind of cybersecurity. Um, I think that could follow on then in terms of ensuring that staff be very careful around emails, you know, not downloading software from, you know, on, on kind of unapproved sources, uh, leave it to your IT people or at least kind of somebody who's authorized to do so. And that's a key thing as well. Obviously be very conscious about emails, having kind of phishing systems, simulating phishing systems put up into your emails that then kind of continuous. Because, because even when people work from home, John, a lot of people are actually kind of it's being targeted because you're potentially leaving your guard down so it's kind of having those systems in place I think you know I think certainly you know it's always about thinking first if you're expecting mm. something and kind of and kind of have that extra as I said earlier but that kind of level of scepticism uh, and then I suppose really in terms of actually suppliers and stuff making sure that actually kind of you're investing in it really because I think it's, it's, it's very much a thing now that cybersecurity is is an ongoing incremental uh, investment mm. and I think really you come to your part about the training I think lastly I think from my point of view, if we think about it, you know, businesses for years in terms of health and safety have had fire marshals and, you know, have, you know, somebody is dedicated or designated. And I think certainly now, you know, and you have a data protection officer more recently because of GDPR, I think now really more and more it's, it's really becoming important to actually identify or nominate a, a, um, a, a cybersecurity kind of officer in, in an organisation. Mm-hmm maybe just a designated person to know who kind of is, is responsible for setting the protocols in place, who does the training. You know, you can do micro-credentials, by the way, on this and kind of learn, you know, in terms mm. of actually there are various courses out there at the moment for cybersecurity officers. But I think it, it it's really about a, a kind of a very proactive buy-in in terms of putting the investment in, making sure you're secure from with firewalls, up-to-date software, patching, etc. You know, and then the next stage of that then is obviously maybe having potentially a paying uh, managed services uh, or operation kind of, you know, secure uh, security operations center to monitor your networks. And then also then as part of that kind of as the extra layer then is having that in 
internal person nominated to be the cybersecurity officer. I think that's hugely important. Because that's the thing. I mean, like, you can be a company spending as much as you can on the most sophisticated technologies. And then all it takes is one person to click on the wrong email, you know, fall prey to a, you know, a social engineering attack, smishing, phishing, you name it. It's, 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 it's a very difficult world from that point of view. And trying to keep up with it is hard. I, I was recently on a roundtable discussion with Equinix, the data center company, and uh, it was agreed that also there's a shortage of security skills. Like the, in the tech world alone, uh, as we know, there's a data, sorry, there's a, a, an IT talent shortage in terms of finding engineers and, and coders. But it's just, a, and it's particularly acute in the security side of things. Now, the other point as well is if you want to kind of develop a good tech graduate to come and work in your organization, you're talking about them spending at least four years in university. Uh, you mentioned their micro credentials, and we're aware of the work like group like Skills Ireland and others who are, you know, cre- creating, um, you know, apprenticeships and things. Is apprenticeship a good approach? Do you think for for creating this, this meeting the skills need or other ways that we can actually empower and equip people? Because you know you can spend all the money you want on t- on sophisticated technology, but you know you're only as good as your last employee and what they do on when they're when they're when they're on the system, and most of them aren't inside your building anymore they're all working from home and that such so people it's very hard to keep an eye on all this absolutely well i think the, the apprenticeship approach is interesting i something i i, I subscribe to myself i think is very worthwhile because i think um, from experience i've seen where graduates can come out of universities not only in ireland but globally with a computer science degree and then they have to retrain and it takes three or four years when they get out of college because some of the time the training is not as up to date mm. and that's doing but that's for another day story but what the Collinson brothers have done in terms of UL is in terms of software development that is essentially a, an apprenticeship type model you'll do uh, you'll do I think a year or two or so it's a man I know it's a master's or something but you'll do it's a three year program I think and you'll actually do a part of it um Obviously, in UL, you do training and then you go to an employer and you work on site and you learn. And the whole idea is then is you get kind of you build up your capability. And so that when you do exit college with a master's, you pretty much have a have a pathway straight back to that employer because you've been working with them over the three year period. Similar to electricians, similar to plasters, excuse me, to other 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 traditional trades. So, yes, is my is my answer. I think it would be a great way to do it. I think there's arguments. Some people say we should be teaching kind of cybersecurity now, even in secondary school. Mm. Um, and I think certainly I, I, I do think, I mean, case in point, I just, it was interesting one the other day, my son has a switch, a Nintendo switch, and uh, he wanted to download a new Pokemon thing. And he started the process and I didn't realise he had done it. Now, again, kids like that are much more afraid nowadays. And they use kind of their motor skills in terms of downloading the next thing and they hear their friends doing it. But the point being, I was saying to their mother, it's like, again, it's it, it's the importance of actually, because it's Wi-Fi, you're downloading, and then it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's the potential for, you know, it's just the fact that he downloaded straight away. And so very simply, he could easily be taking a phone down the line and be downloading some game, and the game is loaded with various kind of bugs and viruses and stuff, not realising. So to my mind, in some cases, that's where probably, you know, there is a value in teaching kids at a younger age, but kind of being alert to it. But certainly... In terms of getting the skills, in terms of cyber skills out, I would say one hundred percent. I'd love to see it. In fact, because I think it would it would rapidly 
uh, kind of begin because you could start doing micro credentials very quickly uh, to kind of get the basics, if you will, right, or at least the most kind of important parts right at the beginning, and then those people then can go back to work in various firms and and be the kind of advocate, the evangelist, or the champion, call it whatever you like for cybersecurity in those different firms. So yeah, I think that friendship to me, John, if, if that's what gets it done quicker, I'm all for it. Yeah. And, and do you ever think? I mean, it's, it sounds incredibly. It's a, it's a big, broad question in a lot of ways, but just. Will we ever see the end of this, or is there always going to be a threat? Because the technology, as far as long as as long as there's been secrets, there's been you know people doing encryption. There's always been some way you know information has always been powered. There's, as, as, you know encryption and and all that it goes back to ancient Rome and earlier to ancient Egypt. For all we know, now we're in an era where we are carrying around more sophisticated devices than was using the Apollo launch to the moon and we're carrying them in our pockets. So we're, 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 we're we've got more, we're, we're, we're all now nodes at the end of a network. And, but, but, and, and as I understand it, uh, when it comes even just to viruses, the tech world is at least six months behind the hackers and the, 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 the people are creating these things. But do you ever think we'll see an end to it or is it just something we have to live with and just always have to be street smart about? Fundamentally crime, John. That's really, and, and, and at the back of crime are, are fundamentally the ex, you know, it's about greed or theft of money or, or kind of benefiting through crime. So as long, and that crime is, is there as again, as, as old as time. So, uh, and I think it's interesting that we had a, had a conversation with some friends recently, you know, saying this, and you look around now and it's kind of, it's a silent crime, you know, be it kind of skimming, ATM cards or okay there is the person there is the victim fundamentally at it but you're not stealing the handbags that kind of petty crime that would have been done years ago because there's there's more sophisticated ways of doing it uh, and similar that's the same it's very same in terms of actually cyber crime there's, it's a more sophisticated it's done via laptop it's anonymous completely uh, a lot of the time it's virtually impossible now I will say guards deserve enormous credit for a lot of what they've kind of um, they've broken dare I say a number of cyber kind of uh, crimes in recent times and, and, and gangs who are using cyber crime and then fraudulently kind of are you know using money or whatever else and then you know laundering it in one form or another but it's it, it, it it's as you say, it's the pace of it, it's the sophistication of it. Um, and uh, just as you're kind of getting up to speed in terms of one model or at least understanding what it is, they're already, as you say, six, nine months, a year ahead in terms of, I mean, I remember hearing somebody, I either saw it in a documentary or I, or I heard it, but there was like, you know, in, in an Asian country, there was like a 20-story building and it was just full of hackers. And it looked like a really brand spanking, gorgeous building, you know, that we'd see tech firms typically in. And I would say that that was full of, it was hacking. It was essentially, mm. you know, that's what they were doing. Um, and I think to that point, that's, uh, it just, I, I I was just gobsmacked really when I saw that because yeah. it it's, just, an I, it's, it's an industry. It's an industry. It is. That's it. In a nutshell, John, that's what it is. And it's so, so I, no, I, 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 sadly, I don't think it is. And I think, I think it's, it's just important that, you know, that everybody takes as much, like, as I say, comes back to the same thing. To, I, I often think of you know the, the thing what you called it yesterday or years ago um, scouts be all of you know be ready is there something or whatever be prepared be prepared <laughs> it's the same thing it's kind of it's kind of a similar version is like is like insofar as actually being kind of it, it's almost like be alert if you will mm. you know constantly so that you're you know it, it's just that extra take that extra second I mean I would have um, a relationship my wife many moons ago um, got a call years ago which was this is kind of before it was ever as proliferated you know as, as proliferated as it is now and uh, 
basically somebody told him he'd won money and he needed to do whatever and he went down to the post office and sent off the 50 euros and we're and that's a good few years ago and you know and he did it thinking he was going to get this money sent on to him you know and that was kind of the early stages but now it's kind of evolved enormously to kind of again to say you know it's we're all on our phones we're all hyper connected mm. uh on demand and consequently you know we're all as you say, nodes at the end of a network, it's potential, there's endless potential for us to be caught if we're not alert to it. So I think that's the key message really is just everybody needs to be alert. And with that, Paul, thank you so much. That was great advice. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, everyone will just stay safe out there because it's uh, it's getting more scary as we go along. Thanks very much. Thank you, John. <laughs>